Welcome to another vital message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the Word. Well, are you ready for the Word? Would you get your Bibles? And let's go to the book of Mark, okay? The book of Mark. We have been in the book of Mark ever since the first of the year. And, uh, you know, we're getting closer to the end. We're going to be in Mark, the 11th chapter today. And for some of you, no doubt, who are, who are uh, at church online congregation or some of you here, Mark 11 really does, you know, uh, you know, really stir up something because that is one of the passages that, uh, that, this, th- that our faith message is built on. Okay, now let me catch you up. We're going to be going in a moment to Mark eleven twenty two that basically starts off saying, "Have faith in God." All right, but before we get there, let me give you a picture of what was happening here in this particular time. Jesus is in Jerusalem with his disciples, and it's during the last week of his earthly life and ministry. In just a few days, perhaps you know, uh, three or four days now, Jesus is going to be crucified for the sins of all mankind. And and so, you know, the things that that are in his heart and in his mind, he is really getting a lot of information out here. He has told so many parables and he's taught in the temple and he's done so many things and is yet going to do so many things, leaving behind critical information in a very critical time. And so uh, what had happened the day before we get to our verse was that Jesus had walked by a fig tree and there he had, you know, didn't find any figs on it, if you're familiar with it. He expected to find some figs, but it was not, it was not yet the fig harvest, so the figs have not yet been harvested, and there were leaves on it. And he had reason and right to expect there to be some figs on it, but there was not. And so he ended up cursing that fig tree. He said, you know, let, you know listen, nobody eat any fruit from you from now on. And so they went on their way. Well, here they are coming back past this fig tree. And when they see the fig tree, it had dried up from its roots. Literally, it had just dried up and died. And uh, with that happening, you know, uh, the disciples were quite amazed. And they said, look, look, that fig tree has dried up. I mean, you just spoke to it. All you did is just spoke the word. To, and when you, it, it happened, you know. Well, Here Jesus is responding to this fig tree event. And listen to what he says. He says in verse 22, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Have faith in God. You know, sometimes people have faith in God. And some people, some believers at times, can err just a little bit and begin to have faith in their faith begin to trust more in what their doctrine is than perhaps what God wants. Now, that's a very easy, very simple, but yet a very dangerous error to begin to trust in our faith instead of trusting in God. Begin to start trusting in what we believe as though we know everything that God knows and we know what he wants in every situation and we know what he's, you know, what, what he's going to do and we begin to almost attempt to manipulate our own feelings and at times even manipulate perhaps God. 
trying to hold him hostage to something that we believe that may or may not be his will. So Jesus here is rightly directing, have faith in God. And listen to what he says in verse 23. For assuredly I say to you, whoever says to the mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believe those things which he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Verse 25. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Now, it's amazing to me that you, I mean, me, looking at you, you, you have been given mountain-moving opportunities. Think about it. You have been given opportunities in life by God. You have been given the ability by God, and you have been given the opportunity by God to move mountains. In fact, I would dare say that some of you are moving mountains without even knowing that you're moving mountains. You know, it didn't seem like any big deal to Jesus when he walked by and said that and walked on, and certain no one else took account of it. But when they came back and saw the change, it was evident that something was at work because of the faith-filled words of Jesus. That something, you know, the, the process began and the end of the process was what Jesus declared. Something happened. You have been given the opportunity to move mountains. Faith is a force. It's an undeniable force. And like most everything else that God ever made, ever created, faith is designed by God to grow. Almost everything that I can imagine that God made is designed to grow. It's designed to, to, to go through a process. Faith is that way as well. And when we exercise our faith, as we exercise it, it begins to grow and strengthen. Having faith in God, however, as I said, is not the same as having faith in your faith. Having faith in what God says is one thing. Having faith in what we want is something else. Having faith in what God's will is, is powerful. Having faith in our own will may not be. And many times what we want and many times what our will is and many times what we imagine best may not reach muster with God. I don't know why. But I do know that God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts and his ways are higher than our ways. And I do also realize that if this life or this world or my life had been left up to me and what I wanted, I would probably have ended up with quite a lot less. It would be a lot different than it is today. God is not held hostage by my faith. God is not held hostage by your faith. We are encouraged to have faith in God, but that does not mean that God, you know, is, is, is somehow become my spiritual Santa Claus. That somehow he is, you know, taking orders from me, coming around my table, and if, and if he didn't get it right, I can send it back and get a refund. God is God. The giver is greater than the gift. He gave me faith. He gave me a force. He gave me mountain-moving opportunities and abilities of which I am very grateful and of which I use. But I must also remember that he is God and the giver is greater than the gift. 
I cannot hold him hostage. I cannot manipulate him. Do you know, some people have tried what the Scripture just said. Some believers have abandoned their faith pursuits, in fact, because they tried it and it didn't work. Because, they weighed it, because of the way they tried it, it didn't work. Faith is based on relationship. Faith is a relationship-based force. Faith is trust. Trust in God, trust in the truth. That's what the word faith means. The Greek word, P-I-S-T-I-S, faith. If, if I were to boil it down in my best offering to you today, it literally means to trust the truth. But many times we can be absent of the truth or not know the whole truth or not understand the underlying truth or the truth that God is sovereign and mighty. Faith is not a get-out-of-jail-free card, and it's not mind over matter. It's not if I say it long enough, it'll happen. I think I told you all that when I, when I was beginning to learn faith in, in, in 1980, I just separated myself for six months and studied the Word of God and, and just, just and I, listen, I, I, I believed I could walk on water. I did, and I, and I tried it a lot, never accomplished it. I still try it occasionally. Somebody asked me the day, you still trying to walk on water? Yes, I do every now and then, but I never will if I don't keep trying, okay? And, uh, but but uh, I lived in Texarkana, Texas. We had sold everything that we had. We had, you know, uh, uh, given it to ministry, and we had nothing. I mean, nothing. We had, uh, this is a description, not a prescription, by the way. Okay? This is a testimony. It is not your testimony. It's my, it's a description of what I went through in my life. It's not a prescription for you. You don't want to take someone else's prescription. It might do you okay, or it might not. Let God give you your prescription. But, but we had sold everything that we had, and, and uh, cars, uh, clothes, uh, you know, uh, baby bed, everything. And we moved into an apartment that had nothing, and we had no money, and I had no job. Uh, I had not been raised that way, and we had you know, lived in Europe, and we had furnished our house from Europe. And we had come back, and we, you know, things were wonderful. We were used to nice things and, you know, a lot of things. And all of a sudden, we found ourselves, because this is what God spoke to me, He wanted to bring me to a place where I would say that my hand did not make me rich and that no man made me rich. So He took us down literally to nothing. And we separated ourselves, had to believe God for every bite of food. and for I mean, God was teaching us faith. And I got pretty good at this faith thing. I mean, we ate. We paid our you know, uh, 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 rent. Uh, uh, and and they, they let us rent. You know, I remember going up to College Drive Apartments and telling that lady, that manager, I wanted to rent an apartment. You know, uh, and I, I wanted a two-bedroom apartment. And she started taking some information on me. Well, you know, I didn't have a checking account. I didn't have any money. I didn't have a job. I didn't own a car. It's me and my wife and two little kids. She looked at me like I was silly. But you know she rented me that apartment. That, that mountain got moved by faith. Yeah. Because this was, I was following the will of God. So, you know, here we were just, you know, just believing God. 
for this, you know, this, this faith. I, I, I just, so we needed a car. So you know what we did? I've, I've been reading. I mean, I, read, I, I went down. We, we you know, uh, got somebody to give us a ride down about 10 blocks. And we got out at the Toyota place. This is one of Pastor Ken's favorite stories. Because he was, he was living in that area then in Texarkana. We got out and we walked around. And guess what I found? Something perfect for my family. I found a 1980 Toyota Corolla. Woo! It was fine. It was kind of silverish. Oh, my goodness. You know, I mean, perfect for my little family. Boy, I liked it. We'd, we looked at all of them. We decided that's the one we want. Man, we went over and we marched around that thing. We claimed it in the name of Jesus. I laid my hands on it. I called it into me, my, 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 in, into my family, and I'm all from, a, from an absolute, pure, and honest heart. And God was teaching me a lesson, by the way. This is what we want. Man, we, we, and we prayed and we prayed every morning, every noon, every night. Every time I'd get a ride, I'd go back down there and I'd walk around it. I'd lay my hands on it. It was just sitting out there so pretty. I thought, yeah, they still holding it for me. You know, oh, man, I just prayed over it, laid my hands on it. I even laid across it. I mean, I'm talking about, you know, uh, I got on my knees and prayed over the tires. I did everything that a person could do. I was making, this was my, you know, I confess that, well, two years went by. We still didn't have a car. On my prayer list was this little 1980 Toyota Corolla that I was still praying for because I didn't know how to give up. I didn't know how to quit. I didn't know how to stop. I mean, I, I, you know, I wasn't going to abandon God, and, you know, and I, I still needed a car, and I was still praying over that you know, little Toyota Corolla. It's mine in the name of Jesus. You know, it's gonna, the angel's going to bring it to me. And, 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 and everything out of a pure heart. Well, it's been 41 years. <laughs> I'll tell you a secret. I don't want that thing no more. <laughs> I'll tell you something. It took me a few years to find out. God never wanted me to have it. He just taught me a lesson that not everything I want, he wants. And I can't move things unless he wants them moved. But it wasn't for a lack of trying. I can tell you for sure. You know, I deserved a new car. Well, let me tell you about the car I got when God finally gave me one. After he had me buy two for other people during that time you know, faith is trusting God but you sure do need a word from God and not just a whole lot of want to and will do you know, faith is trusting God both when we know his will and when we don't if we pray in faith and continue praying in faith and God's hand is not moving. We need to continue to offer up to him like Jesus said, not my will, Lord, but yours be done. When I know your will and when I don't, I'm still going to trust you. With a car, without a car, I'm still going to trust you, God. When I see your hand, Lord, and when I don't. You know, we must have faith. Some people have abandoned faith pursuits because it didn't work. 
Let me tell you, don't abandon faith. Don't abandon calling out and speaking to mountains just because you spoke to a mountain in your past and it didn't move as it pleased you. We are all walking through this world. We see through a glass darkly. We know in part. We prophesy in part. But the little part that I know is so powerful. I tell you, I have seen mountains move. In fact, the Lord spoke to me one morning, told me to go out and see a banker. I went out to New Boston, Texas to see a banker about a car. I still did not have a job. I still did not have a checking account. And I still did not have any money. I went out and saw him and sat down with him. His name was Lloyd Wilson. He was the president of the, of the bank in New Boston, First National Bank, I believe, in New Boston, Texas. I sat down across with him, and I, I said, I'd like a car. He said, well, young man, um, uh, give me your name. I did. He said, okay, uh, give me your account. I said, I don't have an account. He said, well, son, he was rather old at that time he was probably in his 60s <laughs> well son we don't make loans to people that don't have an account with us I said well I understand that sir but for some reason I think you're going to give me a loan he said well give me your information uh, you know where do you work I was a preacher I was pastoring the church and I didn't get a salary. I didn't, you know, I, I didn't know yet. I, I, I said, well, I don't have a job. <laughs> he said, well, son, we don't give loans to people that don't have a job. I said, I understand, sir, but for some reason, I, I think you're going to give me a loan. He said, all right. Well, how much are you needing? I said, well, I'm not sure. I want to buy a car, and I'm not sure how much it costs. He went, he said, uh, you know, normally people know what they want before they come in. I said, well, I, you know, I, I don't. Uh, uh, I said, I did see a car down here for, for sale for $3,500 right down the road here. I said, I, I get that one. He said, $3,500 is a lot of money for, for a man who don't have a job, don't even have an account. He said, how much cash you got? I said, I don't have any cash. He said, you're not going to be able to put a down payment? I said, no, sir. He said, you know, we don't give loans for cars to people that don't have a down payment. I said, I understand that, sir, but for some reason, I think you're going to give me a loan. He said, well, all right. I said, well, listen, you're going to give me a loan? He said, yes. I said, could you also loan me enough money to fill it up with gas? He just shook his head, gave me a loan. I went down there and bought that car and filled it up with gas. Let me tell you, that mountain moved. That mountain moved because on my knees that morning, it wasn't me telling God for the nine millionth time that I needed something. It was him saying me, go and get it, son. Go ahead. It was amazing. I went down there and got that car. It was a yellow Ford something. Uh, oh, my goodness. It was... Uh, had a, had a nice little uh, vinyl top on it. Oh, man, it was great. I, I loved it. Mountains move. I believe it moved because on my knees in prayer, I finally heard from God what he wanted. 
Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God rewards us. Things you need to believe if you're going to come to God, number one, that he exists, and number two, that he rewards those who diligently seek him. Don't abandon your faith pursuits because one or two or three or something critical did not happen. Listen, re-engage. Get back in there. You know, if, if, if you were going to school first grade and you failed a test, it's not time to quit school. It's time to re-engage. It's time to learn a little more. It's time to learn how to do it better. It's time to learn the rules. It's time to, you know, but faith is based on relationship. And the more that I got to know him, the more I understood that this was all about him and not necessarily all about me. But when he made it all about me, he would make it very plain. Jesus encourages his followers to have faith in God, to have the God kind of faith. Jesus wants us and Jesus expects us to move mountains by our faith. And in fact, I think that you are moving mountains. We need to make sure that we don't misrepresent Jesus or the Word. Jesus said, have faith in God. For assuredly I say unto you, Whosoever shall say unto that mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. So, therefore, when you pray, believe that you receive it, and you shall have it. We cannot misrepresent that. It has to fit in the whole picture of God. We cannot take one scripture or one passage and build a doctrine on it. Every word of God is telling one story, one piece of the story. And it's like a, 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 a trillion piece puzzle. And every scripture, every passage, every story is a piece of that puzzle. But only when you get all the pieces can you stand back and see the picture of what God's will is and what God's desire is. And this is a very important piece to the puzzle of us moving mountains, of the provision of God in our lives. We cannot abandon faith because faith may not have worked the way you tried it. It's important to realize Jesus is telling you that you can trust him. That doesn't mean that it's going to turn out the way you like it every time. But don't stop having faith in God. This week in Arizona, I heard a lady say, when Jesus is misrepresented, he will be rejected. One of the reasons why the world rejects Jesus so much is because they, he's, he's not the, you know, he's misrepresented. He's not the one that, that some people say he is. We must not represent him. We must clearly define him. He wants us to have faith in him, but he will not be manipulated by our own desires, designs, or by our own will, by our own wants. But yet we cannot abandon faith because the mountains we move are critical to him. When things don't move along as fast as we want them, or when things aren't happening the way we want them, or when a door closed that we cannot open, it is nonetheless in the hand of God, and we must continue to trust Him. 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that we don't yet see, Hebrews 11 says. Faith is like a mustard seed. It is designed by God to grow. It is designed by God. However, faith is not what I'm talking about today. Okay? I got on a rabbit trail. Okay? Faith is not what we are talking about this morning. I believe the Lord wants us to have faith, and I believe that we move mountains. But for today's message, I believe Jesus wants us to look just a little bit beyond the faith message. Just a little bit beyond that for just a moment. And focus our attention on what might be a higher priority. Something even more important than moving mountains in our lives. You see, many times when people read Mark, the 11th chapter, and, 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 uh, you know, uh, and, and I have as well, I've read it, I've quoted it, I've memorized it, I've preached it. Uh, it concludes with an admonition to have faith in God and begin to command the mountains in our lives to move. That's a very powerful and a very important message. And, and if that's your takeaway from today, that will be great. But let's, let's look, because Jesus is not finished with what he's saying to his disciples. They have just, just been in awe of what Jesus was able to do in, in, in drying up that, that, that fig tree. Uh, and this is, of course, is, you know, faith is the accurate takeaway from a portion of this. However, you may note that Jesus had not yet finished. He's explaining this phenomenon where the power in his life was released to accomplish something. And he's going to explain it. He wanted to go a little deeper. He wanted to uh, make it a little more personal and not just, you know, uh, some method, not just some mechanics. Let's, let's look again. Jesus told him, let's look again in Mark 11, verse 24. We'll start there. Therefore, I say to you, what things, what, what, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, we have to include all of these pieces to the puzzle. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Verse 26, but if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive you your trespassing. Uh, trespassing. You know, now, this verse is not talking about salvation. It's not if you don't forgive somebody, you can't be saved. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about this condition of life that we are in. As long as we are in this mortal body and these conditions of life that, that, that continue, it's evident that, that our unwillingness to forgive others limits God's willingness to forgive us. Now listen to me one more time. It is evident from what Jesus said here and from what he said in other places. And they all tell the same story. He wants us to have faith. He wants us to trust God. He wants us to move the mountains, but even more so. You know, he, 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 he wants us to have, you know, authority over demons and over devils. And, you know, in Luke, the 10th chapter, and, and you know, even the devils are subject unto you. And, I, you know, I've, I've given you power over serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. However, that's not what I want you to rejoice in. He said, but rather rejoice that your names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There are some priorities to everything, and there are some priorities to prayer. When you stand praying, he said, 
It's so important that if you realize that there's unforgiveness in your heart, isn't it wonderful whenever we go to God and humble ourselves before God that God begins to speak to us and the light that shines on us often encourages us to get right with Him so that our prayers can gain a greater entry into the throne of heaven. Here he's clearly indicating, Jesus is evidently saying that our unwillingness to forgive others limits God's willingness to forgive us. That's interesting. As long as the conditions of life remain here on earth, we will find it necessary to forgive others. We will find it necessary because others are going to offend us. Situations, circumstances are going to stand in our way. Things aren't going to work somehow you know, uh, like, like we expected them, whether great or small. But Jesus not only mentioned this here, but he also mentioned it in his Sermon on the Mount. You remember as he was uh, giving the model prayer, you know, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as in heaven, you know. Uh, Matthew 6, verse 12, look at this. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, he said that right after, give us this day our daily bread. Okay? Right after this petition for a request, for a need, give to me. Well, hold on. And I forgive others, by the way, okay? Uh, 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 for if you forgive men their trespasses, verse 14 of Matthew 6 says, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men's trespasses, neither will your... Uh, Father, forgive you uh, your trespasses. Man, that is so interesting to me. Let me say this one more time. And it should be very interesting for us to consider that somehow our unwillingness to forgive others limits God's willingness to forgive us. Okay? I, I, you know, I want you to see that connected because this is an important part of the faith message. It's an important part of faith. It's an important part of us reaching out, whether it's for our daily bread, give us this day our daily bread, but listen, you know, or whether it's moving mountains in our life. Lord, we need this situation, that situation to change. Lord, help us here. Uh, it's so important that we stand right with God when we approach his throne because the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. And no good thing will God withhold from those who walk uprightly before him. But when we are not upright, when we are not right with God, then perhaps God wants to talk to us about getting right with him before he wants to give us a 1980 Toyota Corolla. What I want might not be top on his list. What I want may not be my greatest need. Once again, Somehow, our unwillingness to forgive others limits God's unwillingness to forgive us. Um, it is critical that we forgive others, not for them, but for us. You forgiving someone else does not change their status with God or with the community. You, you forgiving someone else does not make them right with God. It makes you right with God. Forgiving others makes you right with God. People can live a good life here on earth and they can get saved and they can go to heaven singing hallelujah without your forgiveness. Okay? That's right. God's going to let people into heaven that you may not even like. They, they may not like you. They may have done something that really offended you. 
But if you want to walk in the blessings in this life, you want to move mountains, and if you want to, you know, to, 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 to have confidence before God, it's important to Jesus. More than one time he said, uh, it's so important that we forgive others, that we be conscious of that. Forgiveness does not mean I like you. Forgiveness does not mean I agree with you. Forgiveness does not mean it's okay. Forgiveness does not mean forget about it. That's not what it means. Forgiveness is a God quality that we cultivate in our life because God wants us to forgive others. Forgiveness is the measure of God and is the measure of the person who is forgiving, not the measure of the person being forgiven. Forgiveness is the measure of God in you. No greater grace has God given us than the ability to forgive. To say this, this is what forgiveness says. Forgiveness says, I don't want you to go to hell over this. And I don't want to live in hell over this the rest of my life. So, I'm going to forgive you and put you in God's hands and hope you straighten out. It's not okay. Forgiveness does not mean I want to go back into business with you. Don't be confused about forgiveness and restoration. You know, forgiveness is our responsibility. Restoration might be somebody else's. Don't be confused about that. There is a difference between forgiveness and restoration. Uh, sometimes people confuse elements of truth. Let me, let me give you some of the things that I do believe that people uh, misrepresent. And perhaps, uh, perhaps they get confused or maybe they mistake. Okay? Sometimes people mistake their opinion for truth. Hello? Yeah. yeah. Sometimes people mistake lust for love. Oh, that's a good one. Come on now. Sometimes people mistake complaint for prayer. Sometimes people are confused and they mistake fear for faith. Instead of praying in faith, they're praying in fear. <laughs> I got to pray harder. Why? Because I'm scared. <laughs> Sometimes people are confused and they mistake excuse me for forgive me those are two different things you know make sure you're saying forgive me lord not excuse me lord <laughs> make sure whenever you ask someone else forgive me that it means forgive me that means if i had a chance i would not do it again i'm sorry i am truly sorry not because i got caught but i am truly sorry and given the same set of circumstances i will not make that choice again not excuse me you know but you know, here's what the excuse me does the, the Bible talks about two types of repentance. One is excuse me and one is forgive me. Excuse me says this, uh, this excuse me, forgive me, but, but I was in a hurry. That's excuse me, that's not forgive me. Oh, come on, this is good stuff. Um, sometimes people mistake sacrifice for obedience. But, you know, God was very plain. You know, Numbers 15, 23 perhaps, you know. Something right, right in there, uh, uh, it, uh, you know, obedience is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. You cannot get back through sacrifice what you lose through disobedience. 
Sometimes people mistake. Don't be confused. Don't mistake money for success. That's a big one. Many times people are, really want to be successful and their gauge is money. And then also, don't mistake forgiveness uh, for restoration. You know, uh, you can forgive a person and never choose to be in business with them, as I said. And you don't have to trust somebody just because you forgive them. Right? You do not. That, that's, 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 that's restoration. Sometimes people say, well, I don't want to forgive them. Why? Because, because you know, it'll, it'll you know... Uh, I, I don't want to loan them my car again. I understand. Forgiveness does not mean I'm going to loan you my car again. I can forgive you and fire you at the same time. Why? Because I don't trust you. Well, I don't want you to go to hell over this, but I don't want to live in hell over it either. I forgive you just simply means that I'm putting you in God's hands. I'll let God take care of this, okay? Now, Jesus was encouraging us that before we try to move mountains, we try to move the mountain on the inside of us. We try to move the obstacles in here. Remove the obstacles in here, standing between us and God. And evidently, unforgiveness is one of those obstacles that, that stops this flow of prayer and God. I, 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 I don't know. You know. First clean the inside of the cup, Jesus said, and the outside will be clean. Matthew 23, 26, if you want to know it. Okay, so what are my takeaways from the message today? I know I'm speaking to someone directly, you know, uh, and, and all of you in general, but perhaps some of you more specific, that there's something in your heart. Or if not now, then in days to come, you might run across something and realize that I really do need to be a forgiving person. I need to, you know, not seek revenge or vengeance but literally to release it to God. And God gives us the grace of forgiveness. It's important to remember that. Okay, uh, my takeaways from the message today. Number one, when Jesus is misrepresented, he will be rejected. One of the reasons why so many people outside, you know, uh, in your world really don't, uh, you know, don't serve Jesus like you do is because, you know, um, many of them were told about a Jesus that just didn't, measure up or didn't change the life let me tell you be be jesus specific let jesus be as hard and as kind and loving and as correcting as he needs to be okay he's powerful and he's right and he's true don't misrepresent him don't try to fashion a jesus that is okay with other people's sin he doesn't exist and if you misrepresent him people won't respect him okay and people will reject him number two Forgiveness is the measure of God in me, not the measure of the person I'm forgiving. It's one of my takeaways. I've got to remember that love is a measure of God in me. Forgiveness is a measure of God in me. Humility is a measure of God in me. It's not the measure of other people. You know, when I forgive someone, it says nothing about them. God forgave me. It says nothing about me. It says everything about him. Forgiveness will say everything about you. And it will set you free. And then uh, number three, very powerful. And let's not forget that our faith-filled words can move mountains, even the mountains in us. So it's important that we use our faith-filled words even on ourselves, that we talk ourselves into forgiving others. 
not being bitter, not being resentful. That we watch as we are conversing with other people, that we don't rehearse the hurt or the offense or the damage that was done to us too much. If we do, we will begin to stir up resentment and we will begin to plant seeds of discord in other people. And the Bible says that's one of the things that God hates is those that sow discord among the brethren. Those that are always having words of discontentment and discord. And you know, it, it, it causes people to take up reproaches and take up offenses. Don't sow offenses, seeds of offense in other people. Don't sow seeds of offense in your own mind. But rather, take your opportunity to move the mountains that stand in God's way. And you do that by speaking His Word and by praying His will. Amen? Amen. Thanks again for joining us for another relevant word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.